this afternoon, we have the great pleasure of having Henrik Friest, Regional Director of Turf and Irrigation for Jepson and Jessen Technology, and also a board member of the HIF to join us this afternoon. Hello, Henrik. Hello, Eric. Good afternoon. Pleased to be here. Good afternoon. Now, you're in Thailand um, and everything is opened up, so that's good news. But before we go into the industry, can you give us some background on your career and, and, and how long you've been working with Jetson and Jessen? Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting into a long career now. We're all getting old. <laughs> I, uh, I started a long time ago in the mechanical industry and, and uh, air pollution control, which actually brought me to Asia 28 years ago now. Um, and uh, eight years ago, I joined Gibson Jason as a regional director for their turf and irrigation uh, division. So uh, that was my entry into golf, and uh, I'm loving it. Fantastic. And, and a lot of people know J&J, &J, Jepson & Jepson, because it's a, it's a multifaceted company. But can you give us an idea of what the scope of Jepson & Jepson technology in Asia is? Uh, Jepson Jason Technology in Asia covers uh, quite many business units. We are in uh, Cables uh, Cables International, which deliver cables to mainly offshore and, and marine. Uh, we have dry bulk handling uh, division. We have an industrial service division, which supplies equipment to uh, aircraft industry in general um, and other maintenance facilities. Then we have pumps division, and then we have the turf and irrigation division. So we are quite... Uh, uh, diversified in our business in technology. And uh, specifically in turf and irrigation, a little bit more background and overview of what your activities are. Uh, in turf and irrigation, uh, we took over the business uh, more than 20 years ago from, from another company. And uh, we had the total, mainly the total distributors across the Southeast Asia region, um, uh, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, Laos, Cambodia, and Myanmar, and Brunei, of course. Okay. Well, that's a broad territory. Um, right. So, Henrik, Jepson & Jepson is, was one of the founding members of the HIF, and you're still a member, as well as being a very active board member. Can you enlighten us, uh, listeners, why Jepson & Jepson is, is, is a member of the HIF? Yes, Eric. Uh, actually, um, uh, my predecessor, Wang Kenji, was very active in founding the AGIF, and I, he was the first president of uh, AGIF as well. Uh, so I inherited some of the responsibilities there, although I didn't go on the board from the beginning. Yes. Uh, uh, we are still a member today, as, as we believe, paying back to the community and society where we earn our living. So, so we like to contribute to that, and not only to AGIF, but also other organizations and communities and charities. Uh, I think I also like to state that that uh, is not only us as Jepson Jason who see a benefit from this. Uh, our partners in the industry they also see where the fees uh, and and membership dues are going. Um, I think for us it's important because we know that the ADF is using the funding for education operations that build the industry where we again make our money right. And in not only alone, but also in partnership with the National Turf Grass and Club Management Associations, as example, right? Yeah, well, and needless to say, we're very grateful for your support. The one point I'd like to ask you about is that Jepson Jepson is one of the largest companies in the Asian golf industry, and you do a lot of your own events and you train extensively. 
and despite that, you still contribute financially and then uh, personally and, and corporately to the AGIF. Uh, why is that when you could actually do a lot of this training and all these activities by yourself? Good question, Eric. Uh, you know, I don't think everybody can can do everything by themselves. And I also think you have to understand our group's heritage and, and values, um, as well as probably my Danish upbringing. You know, in Denmark, we have a lot of societies association and it's all based on joint efforts and being a volunteer right and uh, that's it uh, we also do believe that joining forces with the clubs our partners as well as our competitors um, we have more resources together to improve the market we operate in and yeah contribute back and i think you know for us one of the more important um, milestones uh, in the AGIF is the Greenskeeper Certificate, um, which is supported by the RNA, uh, some of our partners, our competitors. Uh, and I think that's a great sample of how we together can contribute back to the benefit of the industry. The well, thank you for your support. And, and, and as far as a board member, you're active in a lot of our discussions, so I'm setting you up for a question. Uh, you know, what's what would you say your your vision for the AGIF is going forward? Uh, I think uh, for, you know, uh, as I always say, I hope that more club and industry supplier will join the AGIF to support the education across the industry uh, from management agronomy uh, to me to mechanics. Right. I'm a little bit back in on, on our success story with the certificates of uh, green scheme. And I think it gives a, a good professional education to the to the superintendents that boost their confidence and more importantly their credibility within the club that enables them to get more influence on uh, purchasing decisions right yeah. and and i think also you know i would also like to highlight in this uh, we have we are both in this right uh, that uh, you know also the ADIF partnership with the Club Management Association of America uh, also gives uh, something to the general managers they can attain their uh, certified club management degree and you know general managers is also very important in our industry because they're influential on the purchasing of our products uh, and our competitors as well so the credibility with their committee and ownership to influence decision making is important. So um, that's where I think it's 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 an important thing uh, that the ADF is doing, um, as well as as we work together with other um, organizations uh, to spread this out. Right. So I think you know um, when we look at the ADF today, we have developed a lot over the last eight years. And if I'm looking at the, the the federation, we are quite unique. And in the board, we have uh, members which are both suppliers and from club management. So I see that uh, you know we get a good balance of participation on which way the ADF is heading. Um, uh, so I think we are trying to serve. Uh, the industry and, and improving the industry, right? But one thing I like to see is that uh, we get some more facility members across the region. Um, we are working on that and I, we have just launched in ADIF that uh, a new revised facility membership 
as well as developed a new individual membership plan that is uh, covering a broader activity level so we could uh, should get more members. I really hope that will work because without the clubs uh, participating, uh, uh, we will uh, not develop in the speed that we like to. All, all very good thoughts, Henrik. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and here, sorry uh, to interrupt when you get me started on this. Uh, <laughs> I would also like to see that uh, some more uh, uh, interaction from the country level, from a country mm -hmm. level uh, participation, right? Agreed. Agreed. And and as we have discussed in the board, uh, how we get to do this, and we would like to see more active participation by. Uh, the national industry leaders. There's a lot of good people out there with a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and we like to get these people on board to share and help us to to bring up the education level. So we are working on this uh, to set up an advisory committee um, across Asia, um, so we can uh, enhance what we are doing in the local communities as well as getting feedback of what we can do uh, better. Um, in, in the different countries and hopefully also provide more translation of news and information education into the local countries. Well, I think that's a, a key point for us in J&J having um, national sales teams and very much close to the ground organizations. We rely a lot on your on your team and your your help on this, but it's certainly a, a very important aspect going forward is getting more and more uh, deep uh, on the ground. I mean, we do when we're running events, we do run events nationally, but we need to involve everybody in a larger umbrella organization. So it's a very key point there to bring up. Right. And I really hope they, 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 that we can get these people to the participate because, uh, as we say, uh, normally we say take two people to dance. Uh, here we have a lot more people to dance together, but but the more that the, uh, the, the, the local uh, uh, clubs and, and uh, management, superintendents, mechanics, and so on, participate in this and, and, and try to build this together with us. I think we will be very successful and we will have a very successful industry going forward. Totally agreed, Henrik. Um, back to the topic of the day. I mean, COVID-19 has affected the whole industry. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you on how it's affecting J&J. Uh, how how's it been for you? Well, you know, yeah, I'm smiling here, but it's actually not that much to smile about at the moment. But you know, it's been very turbulent times, and and we have to have uh, to put our staff safety first, uh, not only from from protecting against the virus, but also government restrictions uh, so on. I have a lot of staff who's eager to get out and service our customers, uh, but we have to keep them back because uh, we are not allowed to. Uh, we had some a uh, lot of things to deal with here for the last few months with uh, late deliveries and so on because of uh, freight uh, interruptions and, and factory closures and so on. Uh, but we are managing. Uh, it goes well, but financially, yes, it will have a huge impact this year. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, we hope for the best. Yeah, let's see. And so what is, I mean, I know it's very uncertain at the moment, it's tough to predict, but how are you looking and planning for uh, latter part of 2020 and then 2021? Right. I, I think, you know, I think Mark Siegel said it's the $24,000 question. I call it the million dollar question. Uh, right. we, 
we we are waiting for our customers to get back in business. We are open in Thailand. We are open in Vietnam. Uh, Malaysia starts to open. Uh, uh, we are waiting for Singapore to open. Uh, but we are actually waiting for our customers to get uh, back into business, get their operations up running, and and see where they're going. And we understand that this is not the time where they want to buy from us. Uh, so uh, we are waiting for them. Um, I do expect from what I read, see and talk with people, I think we should see a recovery end of this year, hopefully. But you know, it's it's all up in the up in the air um, as it is. But but from from our point, uh, I would like to highlight that that you know uh, people have a tendency to think that that the golf industry is is only depending on on um, golf tourism. But actually, uh, it's more by local participation, and there's been some upside in that in Singapore before the closure, where a lot of more local people actually play golf because they couldn't travel. Uh, and another thing that is important for our industry is uh, investor confidence. Uh, and and when we talk about investor confidence, that's a long-term uh, thing uh, where investors are looking at how the scenario looks going forward because you don't build a golf course overnight. So what they are investing in is something that will give return on investment three to four years down the road. So we, we are still positive, uh, but again, let's see. Um, I do believe that short term here, yes, a lot of more local golf participation because golf is a um, relatively safe sport. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to play golf again tomorrow, uh, getting out and get some fresh air. So uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, despite the gloom and doom, I think there is a, a, a positive trend going forward. Yeah, and just before I let you go, I mean, you know, you said that you you know you don't you don't open a close course overnight, but you don't close a course overnight as well. I mean, do you think there's any learnings long term? I mean, you're dealing with a lot of general managers and and the turf teams as well, and and are a little bit more privy to the finances maybe than a lot of uh, people in the industry. Do you think there's any sort of long-term uh, learnings from this particular scenario that the industry can gain from in, in, in Asia? Yeah, I, I do think, I just think that this current situation actually highlights some of the things that we addressed uh, on our Golf Leaders event last year, and that is how is the industry going to evolve going forward? and and. I think that that um, the clubs need to uh, look at their, their strategy going forward and how they deal uh, not only with their current business, but how they deal with crises like this and handle this and make a more solid plan and look at, at efficiency, uh, reducing uh, maintenance costs uh, by redesign, uh, optimization and things like that. So I think there will be some focus on this, right? So I think there's always, you know, I, I talk with a customer, I wouldn't give his name uh, here, but he said to me, uh, there's always, uh, don't don't waste the opportunity, don't waste a good crisis, right? <laughs> so uh, they, <laughs> they, they look at how, uh, they operate quite many courses and they look at how they can optimize things in, uh, in, in, in this period uh, and they get the time to clean out in the cupboards as he said uh, because they have nothing else to do so so i think it's a there's there's always opportunities and i think uh, in life you have to look at opportunities right 
Fantastic, Henrik. And, and, and on that optimistic note, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us. And as I say to every interviewer these days, I hope to see you person-to-person, uh, -person, face to face sooner than later. So thank <laughs> sure. you. I, I think we all look forward to that. Thank you, Henrik. Thank you for thank you. Uh, letting me join. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.